This morning, I actually um, want to teach from the book of Judges, actually. And so some of you have already guessed what I'm, what I'm preaching on this morning. I'm preaching from chapter 4. And in your Bibles, this chapter is likely called Deborah. And here's the thing, right? I know instantly, okay, I just know instantly some of you have switched off, right? The minute I got up here, the female preacher's up here and she's preaching on Deborah, right? Some of you have already switched off. Because you know, she's this strong female leader in the Bible. She's the first and only female judge in Israel's history. And you know, I know this is really risky this morning, but I'm just going to say it. I think some of the people that have switched off this morning might be the men. <laughs> I've said it. I've said it. And I get it, right? I get it because, you know, it's Mother's Day and we're celebrating all the women. And look out, female preacher's up here and she's going to preach about Deborah. Yes. Woo. But you know what? I actually tested this theory on as during the week. <laughs> and I asked him, hey, babe. What do you know about Deborah? And I'm sorry to throw him under the bus, but he didn't know a whole lot. I know, scandal. But he admitted that, honestly, he's actually barely paid much attention to it. And here's the thing, before we crucify all the men, right, because it'd be really easy for me to get up here and go angry at all the men, but I actually don't think it's entirely their fault. Because, you see, sometimes I think as women... We take these female characters of the Bible and we make them all about us. I'm talking about, you know, the Deborahs, the Esthers, the Ruths, the Marys, all those strong female characters in the Bible. We claim them as ours. And we bring them out at every women's event and every women's conference. I mean, look, here I am today. It's Mother's Day and I'm bringing it out. But we tend to view these characters by their gender. And look, there's no doubt that there are definitely some things we can learn about these characters of the Bible based on their gender. But at the end of the day, I believe they were simply people. They were people that were used by God. And so I'm here today to say on behalf of all Christian women, sorry, men. Sorry, men, that we've hijacked these characters of the Bible and made them all about us and made them for us alone because I don't believe these stories are just for women to learn from. I actually believe these important characters of the Bible are for all of us. To learn from. I want you to think about it like this because I feel like God dropped this into my spirit a few weeks ago as I was thinking about this. So women, I've just got a question for you. Have you ever questioned whether you have anything to learn from Moses, Abraham, Paul, Timothy, Jesus? Do we ever think that just the men need to learn from those characters or be like those characters? No, of course we don't. Of course we don't. And so in the same way that I desperately want to learn from Paul, I think the men can desperately want to learn from Deborah. And in the same way that Paul encourages us to imitate him as he imitates Christ, I believe we can all imitate these characters, right? Whether it's male or female, I think that I can learn from Paul just like I think Az can learn from Deborah. So listen up, Az. <laughs> but here's the thing. I say all that, right? I say all that simply to say this, simply to say this is that I don't believe today's message is just for the women or even just for the mums in the house. It's actually for anyone, male or female, that chooses to have ears to hear this morning that God has a word for you. That's what I've said all of that for. So now it's up to you whether you want to switch on or off. So we're going to jump straight into it. We're going to go to Judges 4. And I am going to read the, the whole passage because some of you will be super familiar with it and some of you may not know it at all. So we're going to read it. It'll be up on the screen. 
So Judges 4, it says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harasheth. Because he had 900 chariots filled with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Keshon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honour will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had left the Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zananim near Kadesh. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Harasheth to the Kishon River all his men and his 900 chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And at Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harasheth, and all Sisera's troops fell by the sword, not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said, please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they destroyed him. It's a great story, isn't it? I actually can't believe you've never paid attention to it, as it's a great story. And the thing is, there is so much to this story. It's a great story. There's so much to this story. And I honestly can't possibly do it justice in just one message. But this morning, I just want to bring a few thoughts to you. Just a few of my learnings as I've been reading over this story the past few weeks. And for those who don't know much about the Judges, I just want to paint a bit of a picture of what's going on in Israel at the time. It's very, the book of Judges is very much this recurring cycle. It's 
you know, God's people, the Israelites, they're following God and then suddenly they turn to other gods, start doing evil in, in the eyes of the Lord and then they find themselves in oppression. So then they cry out to God and then he raises up a judge and they come and save the day and, and they're back following God and living peacefully and then again they do the wrong thing. They turn to other gods and the cycle just keeps going on and on and on. And so when we get to Judges chapter 4, we're told that once again the Israelites have done evil in the eyes of the Lord. So it's a moment of here we go again right? It's happened before. It'll happen again. Here we go again. They haven't learned their lesson. They're sold into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan, and we are told that they have lived in cruel oppression for 20 years. Now, that's just one little sentence in the Bible, right? And you can easily skip over it, but just think about that for a sec. 20 years of cruel oppression, okay? This isn't a fun time in Israel's history. This is a horrible time in Israel's history. But eventually, they do cry out to God for help, and that's when enter Deborah, the prophetess. And Judges 5, verse 7, puts it like this, and this is why, this is how you'll know that, yeah, I picked this verse for um, Mother's Day, is it says, Judges 5, 7, villages in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. Other versions say it like this. They say, village life ceased, or the villages were deserted, until Deborah arose like a mother in Israel. And look, maybe it sounds predictable. You're like, yep, we know what she's going to say. But the thing is, I actually believe that today's message, right, Mother's Day 2021, I actually truly do believe that it's a call for all of us to arise. Because the thing is, to me, this story sounds all too familiar, See, once again, the people have done eyes, have done evil in the eyes of the Lord. They've turned to other gods. They've adopted the ways of the Canaanites rather than living how God had instructed them to. Well, look around you. Doesn't that sound a little too familiar? Doesn't that sound a bit like the world we live in? Haven't we turned to other gods? Haven't we started blending into the world around us? And aren't we dealing with atrocities across the world because the result of our sin and the evil that people are doing on this earth? See, because of their sin, their evil ways, because they had turned away from God, Israel finds themselves in a really scary place. They were in cruel oppression. We're actually told that the army had 900 iron chariots. They don't put that detail in there by mistake. We're told that this is a fierce army, 900 iron chariots. And apparently Hazel, where the king resided, apparently from archaeological excavation, it actually shows us that it was the largest and best fortified city in the whole of Canaan. So this army and this king and this kingdom, they are strong, they are fierce. And that's why the Israelites are crying out to God, because things have gotten horrible. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes find myself in this world looking around, and I sometimes find it a little scary at times. And I find myself constantly crying out to God, come help us, we need your help, God. And it's interesting because at this time in Israel's history, we're told that they wouldn't fight until a prophetess called Deborah arose. The Israelites needed somebody to arise and it's clear that God had appointed Deborah for the task. So I just want to look a little bit this morning on what does it actually mean to arise. I've actually just got the Bible dictionary up on the screen and these are a few of the things that that it says it says to get up from sitting lying kneeling to awaken to move forward to mount to ascend to come into being action or notice originate appear spring up to result or proceed and you know 
the Hebrew word for arise is actually used all throughout the Bible over 600 times. And it often means those very descriptions that I listed, but it can sometimes be used to signify empowering or strengthening in the sense of someone being immovable. Or in a military context, it's used to mean to engage in battle, which we know is what Deborah did. She had to engage in battle. And when I personally think about the word arise, I think of rising above. I think about doing something that nobody else is doing to lead the way. You think about it, village life had ceased and then Deborah arose. And it might sound obvious, but you can't actually arise by standing still, by staying where you are. It's actually impossible. It requires movement. It requires action. It requires a standing up, a a leaving things behind and going towards what is ahead. It requires a decision to stand, to rise, to wake up, to be seen and noticed, to make a statement, to engage in battle. And when it says she arose as a mother in Israel, you might be wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, it can probably mean so many things because I think mothers have so many powerful and beautiful traits that they could be talking about. But this morning, I actually want to look at the story of Deborah and the part that she played in particular. And and I believe it's actually her strength and her courage to speak up when others wouldn't that I want to focus on this morning. See, she saw her people in danger and oppression and she, begot, she became God's mouthpiece. She brought them to victory. She brought them back to God. And that's the characteristics that I want to focus on today, that her ability, she had the ability to arise when others wouldn't. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. I want to focus on what was it that enabled Deborah to arise when the rest of the Israelites were afraid and silent? Because that sounds like our world today to me. Because see, the, the reality is, is that the majority of our world, and in particular, I'm going to say it, the majority of Christians are afraid and silent right now. And maybe, maybe God is tapping us on the shoulder right now and asking, will you arise? Will you do what I've called you to do? As I was thinking about this, it actually reminded me of that beautiful passage in Isaiah 6, 8, when it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I want to share just a couple of things with you this morning that I believe, they're just simple things, honestly, simple things from this passage, but they're things that I believe that if we can grasp hold of, if we can grasp hold of these things, then I think we'll too have what it takes to arise in this world. So why could Deborah arise when others couldn't? Well, number one, I believe, is because Deborah heard from God. See, hearing from God helps us to arise. Deborah had ears to hear the voice of God. We're told that she sends for Barak and she says, The Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded you. She speaks right. She speaks God's commands. She hears from God and she speaks God's word out. And I think part of the reasons why Christians are afraid to arise is because they don't hear from God or they think they don't hear from God. But as Christians, as children of God, we can actually be confident that God speaks to us. We can be confident in that. And we can especially be confident because we have the Word of God. See, we have the Bible. And when you open the Bible and read it, you are reading the very words of God. So we can hear from God. And And hearing from God is actually a huge topic, and it's one that I would actually love to unpack more as a church. But there's one pivotal moment in my walk with God that I want to share with you this morning, because 
many years ago, um, I think I've told lots of you that I grew up in quite a conservative church and and I would have said back in that time period, I really didn't think I could hear from God. If you asked me, do you hear from God? I would have said, no, I, I don't even know what that means. And many years ago, I was actually at a Hillsong conference down in Sydney and um, I had Joyce Meyer was speaking and I didn't even know who Joyce Meyer was because I was from such a conservative church. I didn't even know who she was. And I was volunteering for Compassion and each session a few people can go in and watch and everyone said to me, Beck, you've got to go in, it's Joyce Meyer. And I'm like, who's Joyce Meyer? Oh, no, I'll just sit out. People are like, no, 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 you've got to go in. So I was like, okay, I'll go in. And I actually have no idea what she preached on that night. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea what she preached on. But what I do know is that she shared one scripture that changed my life forever. She mentioned John 10, where it says, where Jesus is referring to himself as the good shepherd, and he says that his sheep know his voice. And I don't even know what happened in that moment. Honestly, I don't even know what happened in that moment. But something in me, something shifted instantly in my thinking, where I suddenly went, hang on a sec. If I'm a child of God, if I'm a Christian, if I'm one of Jesus' sheep, then I know his voice. Like it was just this, this shift in my thinking, this, a confidence that came that, hang on, no, I, he is my shepherd and I do know his voice, that I can distinguish his voice from that of the enemy. And I realized that if I read his word, if I read his word and if I know those scriptures inside and out, then I can be certain that I know his voice when he speaks to me. See, I believe Deborah could arise because she heard from God. She heard his voice and she knew his voice. Can I encourage you that it's so much easier to arise when you know that it's God telling you to do it? It's so much easier to arise when you hear his voice, when you hear his call on your life. And can I encourage you, open the word of God regularly because you will know his voice and you will hear him when he calls to you. Because when you know God's character, when you read those pages and you read those words and you know who he is and what he has to say, then you'll be able to confidently, confidently identify when he's calling you to something. So that's the first thing. I believe she heard from God. And secondly, I think she could arise because she truly believed that her God would go with her. See, Deborah arose because she knew God was on her side. She knew God was on their side, the Israelite side. She tells Barak that God will give the enemy into his hands. She says, has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Do you know the most common command in the Old Testament is do not be afraid? And so often it's followed by, for I will be with you. See, when God calls you to something, we need to believe that he goes with us and he goes before us. I was encouraged, you know, just reading in the New Testament the other day, Matthew 28, 20, and it says, And behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. What a promise is that? We can claim hold of that promise. And I think so often we don't want to arise. We don't want to speak up. We don't want to step forward because we don't want to do it on our own. Because we aren't actually confident that God goes with us, that he goes before us. Because I believe God will call each of us to arise in pioneering ways somebody will have to be the first. And if God's asking you to do it, it may well be that you're going to be the first to do it. Because remember, arising means to stand up and stand out. When everyone else is laying down or sitting down, you're going to be the one to stand. And we've been learning in church these last few weeks, if you've been with us, we've been learning about the kingdom of God and we've been learning that it's countercultural. The way you will be asked by God to arise will be countercultural. He won't call you to do it the village way. He won't call you to do it the Canaanites way. He won't ask you to do it the worldly way, the Aussie way. He won't. He will call you to do it the kingdom way. 
He will call you to kingdom ways. And that can sometimes be scary. I get it. But as I read this story, I'm reminded that Deborah and Barak had plenty of reasons to be scared also. Like we heard about how fierce that army was and that king was and that 20 years of cruel oppression. They had reason to be scared too, but they were still able to arise because we carry the same promise that they did so we can arise as well. God would be with them, that he would go ahead of them, that he would give them the victory. They had a promise of God's favor that would go before them. And can I just encourage you that when you have God's favor, when you have God's grace, when you have God's hand upon you, when you have his anointing, you can actually do whatever it is that he calls you to. You know, grace is simply, it's, it's unmerited favor. We don't deserve it, but God gives it to us anyway. Like, what a beautiful gift. And, you know, this story about Deborah, this story from Judges, we actually see it mentioned again briefly in the New Testament. Because see, in Hebrews 11, the writer is teaching us about faith. And Hebrews 11.1 says this, this is what he's trying to teach. He's saying, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And he starts listing off the characters of the Old Testament that should be commended for their faith. And of course, Deborah would be in there, right? She's got to be in there because she arose. She was full of faith. She'd be in there, right? But it's interesting because she's actually not. In fact, you'll see in the verse, her name's not mentioned, but whose was? Barak. Which is so interesting because I think, I don't know if you've heard this taught, but I certainly have. So often Barak gets mocked and ridiculed for his part in this story. I've heard it taught that, oh, he was too scared to go on his own. He needed the female Deborah to go with him and then God punished him for it. He wasn't going to get the honour of the victory. Instead, a woman would get the honour. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, but that narrative doesn't actually line up with Hebrews 11.32. Because Hebrews 11 is telling us that we should have faith like him. Why would Hebrews tell us to have faith like him if he was a coward and if he didn't have any faith? So then it makes me think, well, maybe this story isn't just about Deborah. Maybe this story is actually about Barak also. So let's see what we can learn from him. And you know, what I found interesting is that Judges 5 actually uses the word arise when it comes to Barak as well. It says, arise, arise, Barak. So let's look again at his response because he does say he'll go, right? He says, I'll go, which is obedience. But he goes, as long as Deborah goes with me. So I started thinking about it. It's not actually disobedience. It's not complete disobedience, right? It's just kind of obedience with some conditions. And then I started thinking, well, where have I heard this before? Where have I heard this sort of response to God before? And I want us to flick to Exodus 33 in the story of Moses because verse 1 says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And then if we flick down to verse 15, it says, Then Moses said to him, so this is Moses' response, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So isn't it interesting that Moses actually had a pretty similar response to Barak? He says, yeah, I'll go, but I'm only going to go if your presence goes with me, God. And that's what Barak's saying. Because, because we need to remember that, that Deborah was a prophetess. 
She was the Lord's mouthpiece to Israel. And so to him, maybe she kind of represented the voice of God or the presence of God. So if Hebrews tells us to have faith like him, I think the writer is saying that we should have the type of faith that says, unless the presence of God goes with me, I will not go. But if the presence of God goes with me, I'll go. And you know, I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of situations in my life where I do that kind of reasoning with God. Okay, God, I'll do it, but only if. And if I'm honest, I had one of those moments with this preach. Because I didn't want to preach today. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't want to preach. And I, as has been telling me for months that I'm going to be preaching Mother's Day. And I'm like, no, no, I think we'll get somebody else. We'll get a guest speaker. Or no, somebody else will be preaching Mother's Day. And I didn't want to do it. And I was pretty adamant. And as wasn't giving up on it. And, and then I had Bev say to me, no, you will preach, Vic. <laughs> and I went home and I said to God, okay. I said, okay, God, I'll preach Mother's Day. But only if. I said, I'll preach Mother's Day, but only if you make it very clear that you want me to and you're going to have to tell me exactly what to say. And here's the thing. I started thinking, is that entirely bad? Because why would I want to preach if God's not asking me to? If he hasn't called me to do this, why would I want to do this? If he's not going to be here with me, why would I want to do this? Why would I want to go anywhere without God's presence? I don't want to go anywhere without his presence. And I'm sure there's situations in your life that you can apply the same principle. That God, I'll go, but only if you'll come with me. But how lucky we are to have a God that promises to go with us, to never leave us or forsake us. When He calls you, you can be certain He will go with you. What a promise is that? And so I guess we've discovered this morning that it isn't just a story about Deborah. This is actually a story about Deborah and Barak, which is why, you know, I noticed in some of my Bibles, some of the older Bibles I had just had the chapter called Deborah. And some of the newer Bibles are actually called Deborah and Barak. And I actually love that because I actually think we can learn from both of them. And there's three things in particular that I want us to take away this morning. One, I believe we need to learn to hear from God. We need to know His voice. Number two, we need to confidently believe that if God calls us, He will go with us and before us. And thirdly, I think we need to have an attitude of faithful obedience that says, God, if you go, I'll go. And I'm very aware that this morning there might be people sitting here that think, yeah, yeah, like I hear what you're saying, but God can never use me. That He'd never ask me to arise. Or even if He did, I couldn't do it. And you know, maybe... um, Maybe a day like Mother's Day is a hard day for you. Because we as a church, we want, to, we want to acknowledge that, that we do want to celebrate all the women, but we get that, that this day has a lot of feelings and emotions and, and just hard stuff for so many people because of the situations in people's lives. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I'm, yeah, I'm not good enough. And I'm going to be honest with you again. You know, I told you that I didn't want to preach this today. I'll tell you why. Because I had a million voices in my head saying, why would they want to hear from you? You're not even a mum. You're not the person to speak on that day. There's so many other women better equipped for this. 
But do you know, I prayed that prayer. I said, God, I'll preach if. And you know what? Within 30 seconds, no joke, within 30 seconds, he had dropped something into my spirit. Sorry. I'm like really worried that I got mascara running down my face. Hopefully I don't. But yeah, he dropped something into my spirit and I knew it was God because I know my good shepherd's voice. And he dropped this into my spirit. He just said, you don't even know if Deborah was a biological mother. And I was like, where did that come from? It jumped in my spirit. I thought, where did that come from? Because I know the story of Deborah, but it's actually not, a, not someone that I think about often. It's not a story that I actually read that often. So I'm like, where, where would that even come from? That's got to be God. So I grabbed my Bible and I did some research and I discovered, oh, that thought in my head was actually correct. See, yes, we're told that she arose as a mother in Israel, but nowhere are we actually told if she was a biological mother. We aren't told about her children. We're told about her husband, but we're not told about her children. And here's the thing. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. I actually don't think it matters. I actually don't think it matters. I think what matters is that she arose as a mother in Israel. When Israel needed her, she arose as a mother in Israel. But here's the thing. I think what was going on in that moment is for me, it was very much an arise moment for me. Because I think in that moment, God was saying to me, Beck, this is your moment to arise. This is your moment to speak. This is your moment to not be afraid, to not be silent. And in the same way that he issued the challenge to me, I believe he'll issue the challenge to you. And it won't look like mine. It will look different to mine. If you have ears to hear him, he will issue the challenge to you. He will give you your own arise moment. And he'll use you. If you're willing, he'll use you. And he will go before you and beside you. And he will give you the victory. Because at the end of the day, the story wasn't actually about Deborah and it wasn't about Barak and it wasn't even about Jael who killed him like, whoa, you know, tent peg through the head. It wasn't even about her, actually. It was about God. See, he did it all. He was in control. The victory was his. He brought the enemy into their hands. He delivered his people. He just used some people to help him do it. See, he uses us, his children, to perform certain tasks. He calls us to arise at certain moments for unique assignments. And, you know, you might have walked in this morning. Hopefully you did. I don't think you could miss it. You saw the photo booth as you walked in. And it's full of words. And you hopefully noticed, or you will now, that arise is on there. But, you know, there's other words on there. There's words like love, create, nurture, encourage, teach, pray, lead, stand. And let me remind you, these words aren't just for the women, they're actually for all of us. And I don't know what your arose my, arise moment will be or what God will ask of you or what he'll call you to. But I'm believing that maybe just one of those words this morning will spark something in you. Maybe there's been a call on your life that you've been ignoring or you've been hiding somewhere. And maybe when you just spot one of those words on that wall, you go, yep, that's it. That's what I've been running from. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others, and influence in your world. 
If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au.